Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of The Curated Culture. Today, I am joined by one of my favorite people in the whole entire world. Very special guest, extraordinary. He is the artist, the writer, and the creative director of Ray Comics, Mr. T.J. Sterling. What's going on, man? Yo, what's up, man? Hey, it's an absolute pleasure to be on Curated Culture. Um, I love having uh, moments to actually talk with Rob. He's one of my uh, favorite dudes, you know what I'm saying? I've been, what we, we linked up one of my first time at Grand Rapids Comic Con back in 2016, I believe, or 2015, maybe. Yeah, man. Yeah, it's, it's been And, and we've been rocking years. ever since. That's Definitely. crazy. Time flies. So many amazing things have happened, and I'm just uh, happy to be a part of the show and back on to talk with you, you know, during our quarantine life. Yeah, man. Yeah, the the virus has kind of hit us crazy. We were talking a little bit before we got on, and I know um, I forgot that you were there, but you're you're in, right in Ground Zero, man, in New York City, right? That's right. Yeah, it's um like we were talking about before. Like I've been home working from home since late February, and uh, you know it's we because the thing is is that. The company I work for in Manhattan, we do a lot of business overseas in China. Mm-hmm. And obviously this virus hit China first. And their whole thing was that they did a quarantine for about three months in their house as well. So, I mean, we had already saw what it kind of affected the Chinese economy in that whole country. And we were thinking, oh, it might touch this way. And that's why my company started to do some preventative measures. And then from there, once they started seeing that it's entered the U S then they just started letting people work from home. And it was say, it was a good bet because like I said, people in a lot of folks in New York got sick very, very quickly, unfortunately. Right. Yeah, man. And it's, it's, it's been, uh, it's been heartbreaking seeing some of the stuff going on there. I'm of course glad to see that you're happy and, and healthy and, and still rocking it. Um, Appreciate that, man. Real Absolutely. Quick, man, we, we share, we share something in common and uh, I want to kind of touch base on, earlier tj days you are a michigan native correct that's correct grand rapids michigan through and through g rap gun rue you already know (laughs) (laughs) so give me give me some background on the early days man what was uh what was your first or earliest memory that you know art and writing and and creating was going to be the thing for you absolutely i mean i love talking about this type of stuff because everybody's origin story is unique and um I think everybody in Michigan can tell you that the art, you know, the love for art, comics, you know, gaming, that, you know, genre, well, the, those industries are, are huge in Michigan. The love for it, I mean, there's Grand Rapids has a ridiculous amount of comic book stores, lots of different, um, uh, what's it called, art programs, um, lots of, you know, good art schools that are there, whether it's, you know, high schools or colleges. And uh, for me, I was always into Looney Tunes and, you know, things of the nature that were animated and cartoon-like. And I think my mother, being, uh, you know, an amazing woman who understood what art could do, you know, she was like, okay, you know what, I wanted to read more. I wanted to be interested in art more, period. So let me take him to a comic book store. And that was our first introduction into comics. She actually took me to my first comic book store in 1989, or I think it was maybe 1990, like in... um, uh, downtown East Town, Grand Rapids, and I picked up my very first comic, which was uh, X Men Number One by Jim Lee. Remember, like it was wow. yesterday, buying that comic book and being blown away by the art. Because at this time, 
the nineties wave of that edgy art style was just like about to really, really catch fire. Like you wouldn't believe Todd McFarlane was doing his thing, a whole bunch of other people. So it was really an incredible time to be interested in art because just things were at its absolute peak. You know, what people now call the golden age of comics. Right. Right. And, and you, and you obviously took that love of art and your love of comics into, into your own thing. Um, you did some internships at a couple of major comic book distributors too, right? Yeah, man. I mean, I, uh, I was so inspired by comics. I just never let it go. So I was always gobbling up as much information as I could. I was taking some art summer classes at Kendall in downtown Grand Rapids, uh, learning ceramics and painting and comic book stuff and just taking everything I knew well, every learning everything that I could in my area. And then once I was, uh, you know, graduated college and, you know, with like a focus on art. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, graduated high school with a focus on art. I came out to the New York area and uh, went to school out here and then also got a Bachelor of Fine Arts in Illustration, interned at Marvel and uh, learned the business from the ground up. From there, I was there for about a year. And then I took everything I learned from there and then brought it to Ray Comics. Right on, right on. What 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 would you say was the uh, probably the most single important thing that you learned uh, at your at your time at Marvel? Um, so many things, man. I mean, I would definitely say, you know, understanding what it looks like to um, to have a quality product. You know, what I'm saying like because you know, I think a lot of people, you know, complain about Marvel sometimes when you look at the quality of a lot of the uh, material that they produce when it comes to the lettering and the, um, obviously the penciling and the art and storytelling. And so it's really top-notch stuff. And I really got to understand the importance of relationships in the comic book business. Cause a lot of it's like, it's a small industry. So it's like knowing certain people who do certain things and having friends in those areas. And then also just, you know, uh, I think when you have been like in an internship for a long period of time, your name sticks around for a while. And I was fortunate to like on my very first issue of Alchemist, which I dropped in 2015, I worked with a couple of people who I interned with at Marvel. I mean, one of the guys who did my lettering was a Marvel alum for like 10 years. He had worked there, but he, him and I were cool. So it's like, yo, I'll letter your book. No problem. You know what I'm saying? And he just slid in. But again, it was that, one-on-one connection that we built when I was an intern there because I worked with him and then for him on certain occasions and uh yeah so just the community you know how to really go about building a quality book and I think without that experience at Marvel I probably wouldn't know what to do because I mean when you're there all day like you're literally becoming a sponge and soaking all that knowledge up and then we also were there right around the time that Disney bought us so you know, everything had changed when it comes to the structure of how everything worked. And then also we had moved from our old building on fifth Avenue to a building on 52nd street behind times square. So we went from a smaller facility to a much bigger one, but a newer facility. And probably one of the dopest things was that uh, we got all of these free comics because they were moving like, Oh, we can't ship these to the new place. So (laughs) interns can just have them. (laughs) So that was definitely a big plus as well. Right on, good. And and you you touched down on something in this uh, perfect segue. So, uh, Ray Comics and your initial IP is Okamis. Fantastic story, great art. Um, give give the viewers a little bit of info on on your uh, on your comic book there. 
Absolutely. I'd love to. So Okamis is a sci-fi martial art action story about a young black kid that has a latent superhuman ability that could potentially save a broken world. And he's being pursued by four warriors from that world who actually want to extract that ability and use it for their own evil purposes. And uh, drama, action, suspense, uh, a little bit of a love story, all kinds of elements, you know, are, you know, melded into the comic. And uh, I took an approach of wanting to do one large story first. And I think a lot of some, a lot of the newer creators that are doing black indie comics now are doing multiple titles at once. They'll do lots of issue ones. And I think it's cool to do lots of issue ones. Cause I mean, you do whatever you think works, but for me, what makes the most sense is building one cohesive, large universe and then having stories that naturally, excuse me, naturally grow from that and uh i think that's why so many people come back years year after year to to purchase okamis to see what's going on with the latest issue and to follow the story because we're really there's lots of layers to it like it's a very very well thought out project and uh i said i've been very grateful for the fans to love it and appreciate it the way they do Absolutely, man. And and I was um I was fortunate enough to get in on the on the ground level, so to speak. I picked up issue zero of Okamus and I've picked up every issue since. And and the things that keep me coming back to it, of course, is a story. Um, but you got a super cool um art style in the comic as well. But I'm a really, really big fan of the diversity of the main cast of characters. Um how how important is it for you in, in today's society more than everything? Um, how important is it for you to tell that story using a diverse cast of characters? Um, to me, it's like, you know, it's, it's like breathing. You know what I'm saying? For me, it's like I wouldn't even, I knew the type of stories I wanted to make when I was little. Because, you know, when I went to the comic book store, unfortunately, there wasn't a lot of diversity. It's literally maybe one one or two books that you know had someone that looked like you or me on the cover you know i'm saying there's barely any female titles you know besides a wonder woman i mean i think that you know growing up in grand rapids it was definitely a very diverse place i mean like i had friends from everywhere i mean i had friends you know were from india from the philippines from you know ghana from nigeria from africa from different places that just made my world very small because i got to be around different cultures all the time so I mean, one of my very good friends who, you know, I ran track with and lifted weights with, you know, is a six foot tall Asian dude who, you know, by the name of Jim Yu, who's always supported my work and been a very good friend of mine, but he's in the book. Like he's actually Massar's character. He's based off of that guy, you know? And um, I think for me, a diverse cast is just always the dopest. It's always the most cool and, it, and it's just, it's realistic. You know what I mean? I think to make comics with that, with a majority of just, and see, this was the thing, 2015, when I started making this comic book, diversity wasn't a popping thing in the industry yet. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't something like now, all these companies have diversity as their tagline, as their main thing that they're pushing. Like, oh, look, we've got female and LGBTQ and black and Hispanic and all these things. Like, but they didn't really have that in 2015. They had some of these characters on the shelf, but they weren't really like out in the open with it. So yeah. to me, it's, it's just... It's just what should should be done, like straight up. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's another thing that really um, stands out about like your book in particular and your characters in particular is that they feel genuine. Like you just said, one of the characters is based off of a friend of yours. Um, how often do you kind of pull things from real life to uh, include in your books or include in your stories? I think you have to pull stuff from real life all the time because, I mean, if you're, I mean, certain things. I mean, one, I actually had the pleasure of um, meeting Reginald Hudlin years ago at, a, at an art museum. And he was basically doing a talk. And this is before I had even created my comic book. But he's known for, at the time, he had just finished writing Black Panther. Um, and John Romita Jr. was illustrating it, and which I thought was a really incredible way to reintroduce, reintroduce the character. Um, trying to think what else I mean, he's also known for like directing lots of music videos and movies and all kinds of stuff so my question to him was like how do you tell dynamic powerful stories he was just like well make stories about the things that you know and the people you know now they don't have to be direct you know direct representations of those people you don't have to use their name and their likeness 100% but use what you know about them and I think a perfect example of that is you know, Todd McFarlane put like everybody he knew in Spawn. Like, okay, Wanda is his wife. She's in it. You know, and there's an actual real black man named Al Simmons that lives in real life that's in the book that he brought in there because they were boys and they went to college together. So it's like he brought his world into comics and made it work for him. Absolutely, absolutely. And so the next the next step for you is issue four, correct? That's correct. So issue four. How far along into the process are you? Um, issue four is almost done, man. I mean, uh, just you know, quick recap for everybody. So we had issue zero, one, two, three, and then we uh, dropped a black and white special edition of issue four last year. But we do have the color edition coming in August of this year. It's literally about six more pages have to be drawn. The coloring is happening right now. Lettering will probably take what you know a month. So I mean. People can expect it to be available in about, you know, I'd say like July, August. Okay. All right. And, and have you, have you found it or do you find it uh, a little easier or do you find it tougher to create with, with all the, all the craziness that's happening in the world right now? Um, to be honest, like I'm clearly, I think as an artist, we all like staying home and creating. I just think that when you have the option to leave and take a break and go to the gym or go to a movie or a restaurant or something, those are the things that allow you to, to take like a ment like to reset your brain mentally so you can go back to creating. But when you're in the house all the time, it actually becomes a little bit of a detriment because you just go a little stir crazy. You start getting a little bit, um, how do I say this? Uh, like it, it doesn't fuel the creativity when you're always at home. So one thing I've done to stay sane is just literally I'll go to the park and full hazmat gear and, and work out <laughs> or jog. And that helps me immensely. Like, especially if I finish a long work day, like I have to get out of the house at least for an hour and then I can come back, you know? Right on. Right on. It's, it's always good to get out and break up the monotony. And um, so speaking of which, are are you a fan of comics outside of your own right now? Are there any books that you're into? Uh, or any classics that you dove back into? Um, I'm absolutely a huge fan of comics. I mean, I think for me, it's like, I've got so many long boxes full of like comics from the past, like 30 years that, I mean, I, I have to stop collecting physicals, not <laughs> <to start laughs> collecting digital. So 
I'm a huge fan of um, a lot of the uh, black indie comics works that are going on right now, whether it's uh, it's Nana or um, Crescent City Monsters or Tuskegee Airs or uh, Sorghum and Spear or um, trying to think. There's so many uh, Burning Spear, um, Wildcard Chronicles. Who else can I mention that are, are really dope doing really cool things? Uh, so many. There's uh, 133 Art does a whole bunch of great comics right now. Um, I, when it comes to old school comics, and I was reading some vintage Bill Sienkiewicz the other day, uh, one of his painted books with Electra, which I thought was really incredible. I'm a huge Swamp Thing fan, so I'm always reading Swamp Thing anytime I can get my hands on like an older comic of his. Right on. Uh, but yeah, man, I, I, I do, I think nowadays, because I'm using this time to create so much, I'm writing a ton and drawing a ton i haven't had as much time to read comics as i'd like but i do have tons that are sitting on my desk waiting for me right on right on now i saw uh you know we've we've been part of that con family that con life for such a long time now and uh the last con that we ran into each other at i noticed that you were starting to get into like little micro figures and all that can we expect more okimus and more uh ray comics merch in the near future Yo, man, I got so many dope fucking things. I can't say that. Use my <laughs> no, it's, it's all right. <laughs> yeah, I got um, so many dope little interesting things coming our way. I mean, so long story short, there's, let's see here, one, two, three, four different comic book titles that we have that are, are in the works right now. So we have... Okay. Obviously, Alchemist is a continuously a continuing series. That issue four is going to drop this year. Um, we're also working on issue five simultaneously. Um, Tessina, who is the main female black lead character in Alchemist, is getting her own book, which is being developed behind the scenes. That's book number two. Very Alchemist excited started. for that one. Oh man, you're going to love it, Doug. It, it, it's, <laughs> it's incredible. These the art team that I got in India is absolutely bananas. Uh, I'm working with another cat named Sean Hill out of Maryland, who's doing uh, the uh, Okemos Dark History trade paperback, which is the story of Kale's father in that dark, desolate future environment, which we're kind of alluding to in the regular Okemos series. Um, there is one book that I'm working on that's kind of a uh, space sci-fi space odyssey with young black pilots. Um, that's also as a musical element. Me and my brother are working on that book right now as we speak. And then there's another sex comedy book that we're doing um that's on the way off the wall ridiculous craziness but it's going to be really epic we got a really great artist for it and uh, me and greg and uh, anderson and lisa are writing that together um so that's okay. super excited about that and then when it comes to the merch stuff like i'm gonna have uh, more more t-shirts this year i'm also gonna have more hoodies and then i'm also gonna have enamel pins as well as another um run of resin figurines that are six and a half inches tall and then mm -hmm. also i'm gonna have some other small pop figure insp inspired ones okay that um have uh that are fully painted that will have magnetic you know swords that you can take on and off um, so there's lots of really really cool things planned that are, are coming up in the next like year or two good man you gotta save me one of those red figures for sure oh yeah i got you <laughs> i missed out on them last time uh, so real quick, man, before we start to wrap up, because uh, a lot of um, a lot of your characters and a lot of the story is is driven towards representation. Right. Um, knowing that 
there can be superheroes and villains that look a lot like us. Um, what, what would you say to, to those, um, those kids out there that are looking to create their own story and, and maybe struggling with the idea of, you know, creating someone or something that looks like them? I would just say just just do what you feel is true to yourself. Like never allow an industry or a specific, you know, individual or individuals to, you know, hinder your ideas. Like just the beautiful thing about comics is because it's like world building. You know, you can literally create your own world and you are the master and architect and, you know, creator of this entire universe. And that's to me the dopest part about comics is because, you know, everything stems from sequential media, whether it's film or animation or games or movies, it all comes from sequential animation. So if you want to eventually get into the movie business or the gaming business or the film industry, when it comes to TV or animation, you can do all that through comics, like comics is the gateway. So to me, I always tell young people to just have a good time, you know what I'm saying? Like, and do exactly what you want to do, tell your story and how you want to tell it. Awesome. Fantastic words of wisdom, man. Thank you. I, I appreciate you so much for being on tonight. Um, we're going to have to make this a continuous thing since we don't see each other at cons anymore. Um, <laughs> real quick, man, uh, where can the people find you and Ray Comics at online, your social media handles and all that? Oh, yeah. It's super easy to find me. I'm at, uh, so website, raycomics.com. That's R-A-E comics.com. I'm always active on there, super responsive. You send me an email or have any questions. I'm heavy uh, promoting and posting stuff on Instagram and Facebook. So you can easily search TJ Sterling and find me on Facebook, or you can follow me on Instagram at TJ Sterling Art or at Ray Comics on Instagram as well. Awesome, man. Thank you so very much for being on, brother. Always a pleasure seeing you. You stay healthy, take care of yourself, and uh, we'll catch you down the road, man. My pleasure. Great to talk to you, Rob. Yes, sir. Thanks, Thanks a lot, for being everyone. On. You got it.